Welcome to the Walk With Me podcast. I'm Pastor Stephen Bond from Divine Church in Chapel Hill, Tennessee, and I am so excited that you are walking with me. What that means is we are walking together through God's Word, just about three chapters a day, and uh, you're going to get the most out of this if you read these chapters independently and then listen to the podcast, but they're going to be short, 10 to 15 minutes each day, so that you can listen to at the start or the finish of each day, and I believe that it'll bless you as it's blessed. Me. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. Today's passage is from Psalm 62, 63, and 64. Uh, Psalm 62 is David. These all three of these psalms were penned by David and um, he starts off by saying, For God alone my soul waits in silence. From Him comes my salvation. Kind of repeats that a bit later in verse 5. For God alone, O oh, my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from Him. The first time he sort of pronounces it, the second time, it's a bit more directed towards himself, right? Listen, soul, wait in silence for my hope is from him I love that I love that verbiage I love the way it's written the commandment even for himself to wait to wait on God to wait on his salvation to wait on his hope to not move suddenly but not only not to move suddenly but also not to speak rashly wait in silence Kind of reminds me of when they were walking around the walls of Jericho and the instruction was, say nothing. You know, there's so many times in life when we're up against colossal mountains and giants and I think there's a real wisdom to being silent in a couple of moments. One, when I'm afraid, I think... Because you're not going to talk your way out of fear. I think you only talk your way into fear and talk the people that are around you into fearing as well. So there's a power in going before the Lord, addressing it with Him, and then really almost making a covenant with even your own self that I'm going to be silent until I see God move on this. You know, my, if my finances are in a tight spot, I'm going to give this to the Lord and then I'm going to wait in silence for Him to make a move. I'm not going to talk about how tight it is with everybody I see. I'm not going to I'm not going to exalt where where I have yet to see God move. My purpose is to exalt where I know God has already moved, to tell of testimonies to others. This is the purpose of my mouth. And it's the purpose of my mind to even think not about things of worrisome matters, but thinking of things that are praiseworthy and true and honorable and noble. And so he's in a difficult spot at this moment, as David was for most of his life. But he's making almost a commitment really to his own soul. Soul, wait in silence. Your hope is in God. Let's be quiet and let's wait expectantly for what God's going to do. He goes on to say, trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart before him, for he is a refuge for us. 
Those of low estate are but a breath, and those of high estate are a delusion. In the balance as they go up, they are altogether lighter than a breath. Put no trust in extortion. Set no vain hopes on robbery. And if riches increase, set not your heart on them. And so he's going on and he's saying, you know, this whole thing is, he speaks uh, in wisdom about the frailty or the brevity of life here, just understanding that it doesn't really matter if you're of high stature or low stature, that your life is altogether short either way. And there's no point in trusting and <coughs> trying to work your way into wealth or riches. And even if you were then to have increase given to you, do not let your heart be set on them. Why? Because your heart is supposed to be set on God. That's that's his whole that's his whole understanding as he realizes that nothing's worth my heart other than Jesus. Nothing's worth my heart other than God. And he says, Once God has spoken, twice I have heard this, that power belongs to God. And that to you, O Lord, belongs steadfast love, for you will render to a man according to his work. And so David's just incredibly patient. Man, it's hard to be patient. And it's hard to see fires all over the place and trying to put them all out. It's hard to, you know, see uh, giants running about that you'd like to cut the heads off of. It's hard to see, you know, mountains bigger than your head, bigger than your life, bigger than, you know, bigger than your home and feeling as though you need to tell it to move. And then it's even harder to realize in certain moments by wisdom and discernment that God is moving and he is working and at the right time he says I the Lord will make it happen and so there are moments you look at David's life you know he's taken out lions and bears and Goliath and ten thousands of men and every, every battle he ever went into he conquered and yet he spent so much of his life being a part of a war that he felt like he could not fight in because he did not believe that he was enlisted into it that's powerful, church. You need to make sure that you don't fight in wars that the Lord has not enlisted you into. Just because you've had success in this battle or that battle does not mean that you got the paperwork to be sent out to this one. Just because you're, you've been a man of mighty valor and just because you have the ability to. In fact, it shows even or greater, it shows even greater restraint when you have a reputation for being a giant slayer and you're hiding in a cave because you don't believe that the Lord has told you to take this into your own hands. It shows even greater restraint when you know that you could, but you don't think that you should. And that shows David's heart and how heavily he leaned on the Lord. And how he was waiting not only to strike, but he was even waiting to speak. He says, I'm just going to wait in silence. It reminds me of Jesus, right? Who was led to be slaughtered and it says he was silent as he was being led he was silent it says like a like a sheep to the shearer he was silent right that's powerful to have the self-control to hold back what maybe you think that you should say or that you want to say because you just believe that god is still in control and um and he says he says i found that a man that god's going to render to a man according to his work so I don't have to come, I don't, I don't have to go out and fight my own battles and steal and claw and nag and rob my way to the top. I'm just going to pour out my heart before God and then I believe God's going to pour out his heart to me. 
And that should really be our heart cry as well, is that I'm going to pour out my heart to God, and then I believe God's going to pour out His heart to me. I believe He's going to open up heaven, and He's going to pour out every spiritual blessing that upon me as long as I'm seeking of Him first. Then I believe that He's going to give to me, you know, everything that I need. And I'll, and I'll know no lack. It says the upright and those that seek the Lord will experience no lacking of a good thing. So David just believed all of that, as we should as well. And in Psalm 63, beautiful psalm, O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you, my soul thirsts for you, my flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water. He says, your steadfast love is better than life. I'll bless you as long as I live. In your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food. And my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night. For you have been my help. In the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. Just a beautiful Psalm 63 is because it shows David's just radical love for, for Jesus. And the pleasure that he found in the Lord. Do you, do you find pleasure in the Lord? You know, that's what what an what an amazing indicator of your relationship with Jesus and the true you know, if there was ever a true barometer for intimacy is the pleasure that you experience in someone's presence. If there was ever a true barometer for intimacy, I think it's that. You know, you 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 know whether or not you have a, a genuine intimate relationship with your spouse if just being in their company you know, and maybe you have a bunch of kids and so, but, but it, maybe it's being in their company alone, getting alone with them that just, you can almost say these words. It satisfies me like fat and rich food. It's like the greatest meal that I've ever had. It's like, you know, cheesecake factory, coconut cream pie, cheesecake, and a cup of black coffee. Like it's just you know, it, it's, it's chicken Alfredo. It's, you know, just, just that satisfaction of just being with you, you know, that, that is, there's no greater, I don't think, um, there's no greater way of estimating intimacy other than how much do you just enjoy God's presence, you know, and he says, as I just think about you on my bed, all right, it, it, it just, my soul swells up within me with love and joy and pleasure, and if we really are in love with Jesus, then we'll experience that. And I can I can attest to that, that I experienced that. Yesterday, I was just, things were heavy on my heart. And I just turned to the Lord and I stepped out on my back porch and had about 10 minutes with Him. And I felt that, you know, and every morning I wake up and before I get into the Word and before I record, I just, I feel that every morning. It's like a big giant breakfast it's better than that though and i just you know it, it, like he said it, it's like water in a dry and w weary land that, that's such a great way to illustrate it it feels as though there's so many times i'm parched and you know that feeling of when you're truly thirsty not just when you're drinking so that you don't get thirsty but that feeling of when you're truly thirsty and you drink water and it just feels like satisfying like it's quenched a desire in you you know that's how I feel when I get alone with the Lord it is just satisfied and that was David's relationship you know and you need to have that relationship with the Lord too and if you don't if you don't feel that and you don't experience that then I would just invite you to start carving out time in your day 
to experience that. You know, it's kind of like when, when you know, you're talking about something that's really delicious to eat and someone kind of turns their nose up at it or they just don't understand it or whatever. Well, you know, what do you always say? You always kind of look at them and you're like, but have you tried it? <laughs> you know, it's like when I said coconut cream pie cheesecake, like if your mouth didn't start watering, I'm like, you haven't tried it. Like you're, you don't understand. Like there's a, like there's a little bitty layer of chocolate <laughs> right where the crust meets the cheesecake. Like you've got to try it. Like it's ridiculous, you know, and that's the way it is with God's presence. If you're reading this and you're going, I don't, I don't feel this quenching of when I get into God's presence that it just feels like it satisfies me. But, you know, I, I would say to you, you got to try it. You, you got to start cultivating, getting along with him every day. And then you'll start to experience this. You know, then you'll start to experience it. And, and, and so that's what David had cultivated in this life. You know, and then it goes on into Psalm 64. And it says, Hear my voice, O God, and my complaint. Preserve my life from dread of the enemy. And um, he, he says, Hide me from the secret plots of the wicked, from the throng of evil doors who wet their tongues like swords and aim bitter words like arrows shooting from ambush at the blameless, shooting at him suddenly and without fear. And, you know, he says... They search out injustice, saying, We have accomplished a diligent search. For the inward mind and heart of a man are deep. But God shoots his arrow at them, and they are wounded suddenly. And they are brought to ruin with their own tongues turned against them. You know, no matter what I've been up against, I've, I've found that I've never faced anything that God couldn't take out in a minute. I've never faced anything that God couldn't take out in an hour, in a day, in a week. I couldn't tell you how many situations I've watched slowly develop over time, and that they become greater inflated and greater escalated and it's almost like a giant balloon and God is just the needle and he just we have no reason to fear because a lot of times the work of the enemy that becomes inflated and and becomes you know starts to steal our focus what he what he develops gradually God doesn't even deal with grad gradually all at once a lot of times the Lord just deflates what has become inflated because he allows the enemy to trip over his own trap and his own snare that he's set. And it's so much better that way. You hear me, church? It's so much better when you allow the enemy to fall into his own trap. You know, it's so much better than fighting in your own strength against flesh and against blood and being against people and waging war according to your own strength. It's so much better to watch what the enemy is setting up and know and just know that all darkness will come to light. And the, the, when the Lord started to see this be developed, just like you did, when you began to panic, He began to plan. Okay, when you began to worry, He began to strategize how He could take this evil and turn it for good. I'm grateful that our God is the turner of evil for good. Okay, we need to be like Joseph, who when, when evil came against him time and time again, he didn't strategize and he didn't fear and he didn't worry because I believe that Joseph just knew that he had a God who was watching everything that was happening and is a rewarder of a man according to his work and that, that in due time that he would get the promotion that he deserved and that he was going to find a way and you have to read that story because he did. Somehow he made a way to where every evil that took place against Joseph was turned for good in such a way that when Joseph looked back, I think he would have thought, I have no idea how I would have ended up in this palace except for all the evil that came against me. And that's how good God is.
So rest today. Wait in silence today. Because God is working for your good and turning even evil together for good for you.